Episode number 200 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and I can't go a second further into this episode without just thanking all of you guys for tuning in, not just to this episode, but all of the 199 that have preceded it. If you've somehow listened to all 200 episodes, then you are pretty much my hero. But regardless of how often or how inoffen you've tuned in, a uh, big thanks to every single one of you guys for at some point listening to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Uh, let me just say it has been an absolute blast to cover this young, surging Ranger team at franchise that definitely seems like it is pointed in the right direction and looks primed to do big things in future seasons. Uh, again, it's just been a ton of fun. It's been great uh, getting to know some of you guys through some emails and through some DMs on Twitter. It's been awesome having some uh, just fantastic guests on this show that range from, you know, my college roommate to, you know, a New York Ranger beat writer and everything in between. Uh, it's just been uh, a ton of fun here. And here's to the next 200. You know, I don't want to go on and on too much about this, but let me just say once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. I know that 2020 has obviously been a very challenging year for a lot of people, and it really does mean the world to me that you guys continue to tune into this podcast and just stick with it, even into the offseason here. You know, obviously the Rangers got eliminated pretty quickly in the playoffs, but we're still kind of keeping the train moving here and uh, continuing to talk blue shirt hockey and just looking forward to the next season and obviously looking forward to the NHL draft and free agency, which are very fast approaching here. And in fact, the NHL recently announced that the 2020 NHL draft will be held virtually. I think that's pretty obvious. They're obviously not going to get all these GMs in the same room and you know fans from different teams and whatever else. Uh, it's something that can obviously be done uh, through technology, and it will not take place over a weekend like it typically would. Instead, we're going to have round one taking place at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, October 6th, and then rounds two through seven will begin at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, October 7th. So, a little strange to be doing it in the middle of a week and even more strange to start day two at 1130. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, these are obviously some strange times that we're living in right now and the NHL is going to do its best uh, with the NHL draft. Should be a lot of fun. I think we all know the Rangers definitely looking locked in to take Alexi Lafreniere in the first round with the first overall pick, and we'll just take it from there. We'll obviously be talking quite a bit about the draft uh, when that happens and also in the build-up to it and in the aftermath of it. You know, we'll kind of assess the Rangers' picks and see how they did. And then the other news is the NHL free agency will start just two days after the second day of the NHL draft. That would be Friday, October 9th at noon Eastern time. And as you guys can remember, I'm sure, from prior seasons, the NHL free agency period is basically just a sprint. As soon as it begins, you know, guys start signing with teams left and right. It's basically just a free-for-all. It's complete madness. It's also a ton of fun. And obviously, uh, we will look to cover the free agency period, obviously, on that Friday, but then also, you know, going into the next week as well. So there's a lot to look forward to here. And for today, what we're also going to do is is kind of a part two from yesterday's episode. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to yesterday's episode, I definitely recommend you go back and do that first because what we did for episode 199 is we counted down the 
top 10 worst New York Ranger draft picks of the last 20 years. And it was kind of a grim list. You know, we had to get through it together, but it was a good way to do it to get through the bad picks first and then kind of set the table for today. You know, this is the 200th episode. We want it to be lively and festive and fun and enjoyable. And so today we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to take a look at the top 10 best Ranger draft picks from the past two decades. And we're going to go ahead and dive into that in just a second. But first, I just wanted to say there is a little bit of news surrounding Jesper Foss. Uh, he spoke about his upcoming free agency, and this is what he had to say in a statement. Both me and my wife have really appreciated these seven years in New York. I had a good role with the team. It would have been fun if I got the chance to stay. At the same time, a new role would be exciting. I'm open to anything. And again, you know, just kind of reading the writing on the walls, even before this quote was, you know, released, this statement was released by Jesper Foss, it kind of feels like the Rangers might be moving on from him. There were some negotiations during the season, but the two sides just couldn't quite come to an agreement, and it looks like Jesper Foss, you never know what can happen. I mean, look, maybe Jesper Foss has a change of heart. Maybe the Rangers have a little bit of a change of heart. Maybe they decide to just kind of meet in the middle somewhere and get a deal done, but it just feels like, you know, if you're reading the writing on the wall, especially with this latest quote here from Jesper Foss, it definitely does feel like Foss will be playing somewhere else next season. And if this is the end, then, you know, it's been a great time watching Jesper Foss uh, play hockey over these past seven years with the New York Rangers. He's a guy who definitely exceeded expectations. It's a little bit of a foreshadowing in here. I just told you about the list we're about to do. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy who just kind of had to scratch and claw and fight his way to the NHL and then had to do more of the same to stay in the NHL. So, all the best to Jesper Foss if he goes to another team. You know, at this point, you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that at least it's not to a division rival. I know the Nashville Predators are a team that was interested in him, so maybe he can go to Nashville and, uh, you know, the Rangers won't have to see him too often uh, during the season. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Roman. Talking about ED isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my bojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash XXX and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. 
Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's go ahead and dive right into this list here. Starting at number 10, number 10 is going to be Artem Anisimov, a center that the Rangers took back in 2006, number 54 overall in the second round. Anisimov has had a very solid, if unspectacular, NHL career. He has played 752 games. He has a total of 178 goals and 198 assists for a total of 367 points in those 752 games. He spent parts of four seasons with the Rangers, his first four seasons in the league, skated in 244 games with the Blue Shirts, picking up 46 goals and 62 assists for a total of 108 points in that time. It's not incredible numbers, but it is, you know, third-line level production. I think that's fair to say. Uh, The Raiders eventually traded Anisimov to the Blue Jackets, along with Brandon Dubinsky, Tim Erickson, and a first-round pick in exchange for Rick Nash, Steve Delisle, and a conditional third-round pick. Uh, Overall, you know, I think... That was a good trade for the Rangers. Uh, Nash, you know, I know that some Ranger fans always wanted a little bit more out of him, but he was a very, very, very good player for the Rangers when he was here. Scored a lot of goals, led the team in points a couple different seasons, and, uh, you know, did all right in the playoffs. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like he was terrible or he was spectacular. He did all right in the playoffs. But Anisimov went on to play three years in Columbus, four years with the Blackhawks, and then spent this past season in Ottawa. And his best two seasons of his career were those first two that he spent in Chicago. Uh, He had 42 points the first year with the Blackhawks, and then 45 points the season after that. And part of that is definitely that he got the opportunity to play with some unbelievable hockey players. Uh, There's this guy, you've probably heard of him, Artemi Panarin. He was often out there on the same line as Panarin was Anisimov, and then also Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tace. So he definitely saw his numbers get a little bit of an uptick. You know, Artemi Panarin just kind of seems to have that knack. Whoever goes out there on the ice with him, you know, your production's going to jump by like at least 50%, if not more. But uh, Anisimov now 32 years old. He has played in the league for 12 seasons. So, you know, the longevity is there. He's obviously stuck around for a long time. Uh, I realized he was only with the Rangers for four seasons, and that might hurt his ranking a little bit on this list, but you know, he was a solid player when he was with the Rangers. All right, number nine, I'm actually going to say Mark Stahl, who was taken by the Rangers in the first round at number 12 overall in 2005. And it's a situation where with Stahl, it's not completely unfair to call him a little bit, a little bit of a career underachiever because I don't know that he ever truly lived up to the big-time hype that he had when he was coming into the league. You know, people talked about him like he was going to be the next Brian Leach. We've heard that about a million times. But he was going to be this big two-way defenseman, just this star on both ends of the ice. I don't think that ever really happened, but... You know, that's not really his fault that he was overhyped. Um, part of that comes with the family name because his brothers were already in the league. They were already having a big-time success with their teams. And Mark Stahl, you know, maybe his career is a little bit different if it wasn't for that concussion that he suffered back in 2011. Uh, his brother Eric just laid a vicious hit on him, and uh, Stahl suffered from post-concussion syndrome. Uh, did that affect him long-term? 
Kind of hard to say, and obviously you hope that he doesn't have any problems uh, later in life after his career is over. But, you know, with Stahl, listen, I realize maybe he didn't quite live up to, again, that just tremendous hype that he had. But he has been on the Rangers for a long time. So, again, the longevity is there. Uh, his commitment to this franchise is there. He is the second longest tenured Ranger after Henrik Lundqvist. He just completed his 13th season with the team. And... Let's be fair here. Uh, Mark Stahl was a top four defenseman on a lot of these really, really great New York Ranger teams that made deep runs into the playoffs and even went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014. You know, if things had gone a little bit differently in the finals that year, if the Rangers had actually won a couple of those three overtime games, then maybe Stahl wins the Stanley Cup with the Rangers. Maybe his legacy is even uh, a little bit better if he had at least won the Stanley Cup the one time. But, you know, again, the longevity is there. Uh, the toughness is there. I think the effort is there. 1,162 career block shots for Mark Stahl. Number 58 all time for whatever that's worth. I don't think he's going to quite catch Dan Girardi, who was his former teammate. Dan Girardi... Uh, the all-time leader with 1,846 block shots. But Stahl, he has been kind of a pillar on the blue line for a long time. I know he's fallen off a little bit in recent years. He is 33 years old now. He is still under contract with the Rangers for one more season. We'll just have to wait and see if he returns to the team. But yeah, you know, I think he's still got to be on this list, even if he didn't quite live up to the, again, just enormous hype that there was when he first entered the league. One thing I should probably also explain with the rankings here, you know, obviously we had Artem Anisimov at number 10. You might hear that and think, well, you know, he wasn't with the Rangers for that long, and that's true. Um, I'm not going to significantly drop a player's ranking on this list if they didn't do all their damage with the New York Rangers. If they only played with the Rangers for a short amount of time, but then went on to some other team and continued to have a really nice career for themselves, then they're still going to make this list. It might slightly hurt their ranking a little bit, but I'm not going to just remove them from the list altogether if they went on to you know have bigger seasons with different teams because the Rangers still chose them and they still turned out to be great players. So just wanted to explain that real quick. Uh, let's move on in the list here. Number eight, this is a name you probably haven't heard in quite some time. It's going to be Peter Pruka who was taken in 2002 by the Rangers. He went number 240 overall in the eighth round. And Pruk is going to make this list due in large part to, again, just the simple fact that he was taken in the eighth round. So obviously a very late round selection there by the Rangers. He went on to have a decent career for himself, certainly exceeded all expectations. Uh, when you're selected 240 overall, there's a very good chance that you never even get to play a single shift in the NHL. And like we said in yesterday's episode, there are countless uh, late-round NHL draft picks that never make it to the NHL, and they just become footnotes in history. But with Pruka, uh, he ended up having you know a solid career for himself. It only lasted seven seasons, uh, four with the Rangers and three with the Coyotes, and it only spanned 346 games and another 24 playoff games. But you know what? He made it to the NHL after being taken, again, 240 overall in the eighth round, and he was a solid contributor for the Rangers early in his career. You know, I remember they had him out there on a line with Yaramir Yager, so obviously that definitely helped with his development because that was right around the time when Yager just went into complete beast mode and just, you know, basically set the world on fire and just had all these points. So obviously Pruka benefited from playing with him. And in Pruka's rookie season in 2005-2006, a career-high 30 goals for Pruka, an additional 17 assists and a career-high 47 points. He had a solid follow-up season for the Rangers the next year, uh, 22 goals, 18 assists, 40 points. Unfortunately for Pruka, it kind of went downhill after that, uh, just 17 points in 62 games the following season with the Rangers, and then only 9 points in 28 games the season after that. So the Rangers end up trading him to the then 
Phoenix Coyotes, along with Dimitri Kalinin and Nigel Dawes in exchange for Derek Morris. Uh, Pruka just never really got it going with the Coyotes. Just 15 goals and 18 assists in 109 games with that franchise. And in his last season in Phoenix, they actually sent him down to their AHL team. Pruka apparently did not want to play in the minors, so he decided to leave and go back and play in the KHL with SKA St. Petersburg. Spent three seasons there and had to retire due to injury. Uh, he's just 37 years old right now, and in a perfect world, he would still be playing. Uh, unfortunately, just wasn't in the cards for Pruka. Got off to a hot start, never really was able to sustain it, either with the Rangers or with the Coyotes. But, you know, again, did he have this incredible, amazing, unforgettable career with the Rangers and in the NHL? No, he didn't. But you got to remember, and I can't stress this enough, the Rangers took him in the eighth round at number 240 overall. So he definitely exceeded expectations. This was a really nice pick for the Rangers. We're up to number seven, and we're going to go with Carl Haglin, left winger. The Rangers took him at number 168 overall in the sixth round in 2007. He was really the only uh, draft pick from this class who ended up really doing anything with the Rangers, and there is a little bit of an elephant in the room right now, and I definitely want to address this. Uh, I should briefly mention here that Alexei Cherepanov was the Rangers' first-round selection this season. He went number 17 overall, and he passed away tragically and suddenly at the age of just 19 uh, when he collapsed and died of a heart attack at the end of a shift while playing in the KHL. Obviously, it's a tremendously tragic event, and Cherepanov, again, this doesn't even really matter because it's a terrible unfortunate loss of life, but I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, Cherepanov not going to obviously be on either of these two rankings that I've done over these past two days because it's just an absolutely nightmarish thing that happened. Obviously, the loss of human life is way bigger than the game of hockey and gone before he could ever do whatever he was going to do in his hockey career. So obviously really unfortunate. He had his whole career in front of him. He had his whole life in front of him. And just like that, completely out of the blue, completely out of nowhere, uh, a heart attack takes his life during a game once again in the KHL. So obviously a terrible thing there. As for Haglin, uh, he was the only pick from this draft, again, to contribute to the New York Rangers. Uh, he was as fast as lightning. He played for the Rangers for only four seasons. I thought it might have actually been a little bit longer than that, but in those four seasons, he skated in 266 games with the Blue Shirts. He had 63 goals and 78 assists for a total of 141 points. A solid player for the Rangers. Occasionally saw time as a top six forward, and he was about to become a restricted free agent after the 2014-2015 season, and so the Rangers traded him along with two draft picks to the Ducks in exchange for Emerson Etem and a second round pick, which the Rangers used to select Ryan Gropp. So the Rangers definitely lost that trade. I mean, it might have been a situation where they just felt like they couldn't afford to keep Haglin, but they didn't knock it out of the park with the assets they got in return for Carl Haglin. So the Rangers definitely lost that trade. And since he was traded to the Ducks, he obviously played for Anaheim, went on to play for the Penguins, Kings, and Capitals, and he actually won the Stanley Cup twice with the Penguins in 2016 and 2017. Definitely had some moments uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins during their runs to those Cups, but he's also dealt with some injuries. He skated in 58 games this past season with the Caps, scored eight goals, picked up 17 assists, really the first time he's been healthy in a while, uh, but he is Still just 32 years old and is about to enter the third year of a four-year deal that will pay him a total of $11 million with the Capitals. So again, you know, a very, very solid year for Carl Haglin. 
definitely an exciting player when he was with the Rangers. It felt like every game he was good for at least one breakaway opportunity. And someone who, you know, as we've seen, this has kind of been a theme so far in this countdown, someone who clearly turned out to be a lot better than a lot of people thought he would be, uh, you know, back when he was taken by the Rangers in the sixth round of the 2007 NHL draft, going number 168 overall. All right, moving right along, let's jump up to number six. We've got Brandon Dubinsky, who the Rangers took in the second round, number 60 overall, all the way back in 2004. Dubinsky has a total of 438 career points, which is more than I would have expected him to have at this point in his career. But the other thing I got to mention before we get too deep into you know everything that Dubinsky has done, I just got to mention, and we talked about this on yesterday's episode as well, you know the countdown of the ten worst Ranger draft picks over the past two decades. But this 2004 draft for the Rangers, with the exception of Brandon Dubinsky and one other player who we'll get to a little bit later, was a complete disaster because the Rangers had six picks in the first two rounds. They had two picks in the first round four picks in the second round, and they completely swung and missed at their first five selections in this draft. It wasn't until the Rangers finally took Brandon Dubinsky here with their sixth overall pick that they finally got somebody who went on to become a good NHL player. Uh, again, Dubinsky going in the second round, number 60 overall. Another guy who was never really a true bonafide superstar or a point-per-game player or anything like that, but just a rock-solid contributor for the Rangers while he was there. Uh, another guy who got to benefit... Uh, from playing with Yermir Yager early in his career. A bit after Dubinsky was called up to the Rangers, he was out there on a line with Yermir Yager as a very young player in the league, but he never blinked. He uh, never looked intimidated. He never really looked out of place playing with, you know, one of the all-time greats. So that was really cool to see. He spent six years with the Rangers, and in four out of his last five seasons with the Blue Shirts, he had at least 40 points. Uh, just a tough, hard-working player. He was always very good, very physical on the forecheck. He always used to mess with Sidney Crosby and try to get in Crosby's head when he was on the Rangers, and for that reason alone, I think he's got to make this list. But uh, I definitely remember with Dubinsky, there was a playoff series against the Ottawa Senators. The Rangers were the top seed in the playoffs that year. They are playing the eight-seeded Senators, and that was just a tough, physical, nasty series that went seven games. The Rangers finally uh, pulled off the win after going down three games to two in that series, so they obviously had quite the, the scare there. But what I remember with Dubinsky, the Rangers won game one, and then in game two, I had to look this up to remember who was involved here, but basically Matt Karkner in game two of this series just jumped on top of Brian Boyle and began just punching him while Boyle was down on the ice. And so Brandon Dubinsky rushes over, jumps on Karkner, and then Dubinsky gets thrown out of the game for being the third man in. Dubinsky was not happy about it. When he found out that he was ejected, he left the ice and they had a Gatorade cooler in a stand there and he picked the cooler out of the stand, lifted it up over his head and basically just slammed it into the ground. Uh, the garden crowd gave him a standing ovation for that. But Dubinsky was under understandably livid about being tossed out of that game. It never should have happened. We already mentioned the trade that sent Dubinsky and a couple other Rangers over to the Blue Jackets in exchange for Rick Nash. And Dubinsky has been with Columbus ever since, uh, reuniting with John Tortorella. And unfortunately, Dubinsky had to miss the entire past season with an injury. His offensive production had dipped a little bit over the past few years, but he is still just 34 years old, and hopefully he can come back to the NHL next season. Uh, again, you know, just a hard-nosed, tough player for the Rangers, and a guy who, you know, really gave the Rangers a couple of good years and has continued to be a solid NHL player uh, even after that. We're up to the top five, and we talked a little bit about this individual at the beginning of the podcast here today. His tenure with the Rangers might be coming to an end, but regardless, Jesper Foss is going to be number five on this countdown. The Rangers took him in the sixth round of the 2010 NHL Draft. 
Jesper Foss went number 157 overall. And just like in 2004, this 2010 draft class for the Rangers was just a complete disaster. Really, with the lone exception being Jesper Faust. Uh, once again, you know, Faust is very high on this list because he is a player who clearly outperformed his draft position. Again, sixth round. And in fact, in yesterday's episode, again, the top 10 worst picks of the past 20 years for the Rangers, we had the Rangers' first and second round picks of 2010 each make the countdown. They were Dylan McElrath and Christian Thomas. And Obviously, it never worked out for either of those players. It never worked out for anybody with the Rangers or anywhere else in this NHL draft except for Jesper Foss. And Foss is a guy who basically had to scratch and claw and fight his way into the league just to get a chance with the Rangers. And his heart and his hustle is basically what kept him around. Just a tremendously hardworking player. Spent seven seasons with the Rangers. As of now, he is the fourth longest tenured player on the Rangers after only Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Chris Kreider. We'll see if he gets to continue that. But even if this is the end of Foss' tenure with the Rangers, he skated in 422 games with the Blue Shirts, 55 goals, and 92 assists for a total of 147 points. He also skated in 40 playoff games and had six goals and eight assists. Uh, we did basically an entire episode on Jesper Foss not too long ago, and it really is unfortunate that the last we might see of him as a Ranger is him getting drilled by Brady Shea, of all people, in a playoff game, and then, you know, he has to stagger to his feet, and he's eventually uh, caught out of position. It's not his fault, obviously. He had a head injury and basically, you know, was just trying to do whatever he could do to stay in the play. But, you know, he had to leave that playoff game. He didn't come back after that in that game or the rest of the playoff series against the Hurricanes. So he's one of those players who kind of deserves a little bit of a better ending to his Ranger tenure. But again, he is an unrestricted free agent at the age of 28, so we will see what happens. But if he has indeed skated his last shift for the New York Rangers, then once again, let me just say it's been a pleasure. You got to respect those career overachievers, those grinders, those guys that just outwork everybody, and make sure they stick in the league no matter what. And Foss definitely qualifies as one of those guys. Number four, we are going to go with Chris Kreider, taken in the first round by the Rangers, number 19 overall back in 2009. And we could debate if he's ever become, you know, a true bonafide A-plus superstar in this league. It's definitely debatable. But what Kreider definitely gives you year in and year out is consistency. Now, he can be a little bit streaky, but his numbers always end up being about the same. And they always end up being very solid. Uh, he's had at least 43 points in five of the last six seasons. And the only one he didn't have at least 43 points was when he missed time due to a blood clot, which is obviously very scary. But he got through that. And he's just a very very well-rounded player. Uh, he's basically a B-plus at everything that a hockey player can do. Uh, you know, shooting, passing, physicality, uh, speed, work ethic, leadership, all that good stuff. And it's just crazy to watch him going from being a rookie who made his NHL debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs into potentially being the next Ranger captain. I definitely still think it's going to be either him or Mika Zibanejad. I mean, if you guys have any other ideas for who the next Ranger captain could be, then definitely let me know. But to me, it looks like a two-man race. And as far as Kreider's career totals, 157 goals and 159 assists for a total of 316 points in 523 games. And then in another 80 playoff games, he also has 24 goals and 15 assists. He made his first All-Star game this past season. It was definitely well-deserved. Concluded the regular season this past year with 24 goals and 21 assists in 63 games. And, you know, it really was kind of a 50-50 situation at the trade deadline this year as far as whether the Rangers would extend him or trade him. I mean, it pretty much had to be one or the other because if you weren't going to extend Chris Kreider, then you got to deal him and at least get something for him. Uh, but, you know, give credit to the Rangers. Give credit to Chris Kreider. They met in the middle. They agreed to a deal and 
Kreider will now be in the fold for another seven years, and I think it's money well spent. You know, there may be guys in this league with higher ceilings than Chris Kreider, but Kreider has a very, very safe floor. He's going to contribute, he's going to play hard, and he's going to be one of your best four or five forwards out there at the very least. So I think he looks locked into a top six role for this Ranger team for many, many years going forward. And definitely excited to see him stick around and be one of those uh, rare cases over these last few years of a veteran Ranger player who signs an extension with the team rather than, you know, either leaves in free agency or gets traded or whatever it might be. So it's really good to see that Chris Kreider going to be with the Rangers for the long haul. And, you know, the Rangers... They took him early in the draft. He was 19th overall, so they were definitely expecting big things out of Chris Kreider, but I think Kreider's delivered, and it really is crazy to think that next year going to be his 10th season with the New York Rangers. So obviously very cool. Uh, Kreider sticks around and uh, you know, obviously had a very, very good career for the Rangers thus far. Number three, sort of the bronze medalist, if you will. It's actually going to be Ryan Callahan, who the Rangers took in the fourth round, number 127 overall back in 2004. And I know, I, I can kind of feel everybody groan a little bit whenever I say Callahan, and I really didn't want to rank Callahan ahead of Chris Kreider, but, you know, the fact that Kreider was a first-rounder and Callahan was a fourth-rounder kind of broke this tie for me. And I know Ranger fans, they tend to have mixed feelings toward Callahan. You can count me among them uh, because his tenure did not end well with New York. But, you know, let's be honest, this guy was a blue-collar, hard-working, hard-nosed player during his time with the Rangers, that's the one thing you got to give Callahan is he never took a shift off. He spent eight years with the Rangers and then six years with the Tampa Bay Lightning before he had to retire after the 2018-2019 season due to injury. Still just 35 years old, he skated in 757 career games in the NHL, 185 goals and 200 assists for a total of 386 points. And in 121 playoff games, another 20 goals and 19 assists for a total of 39 points. He became the 26th captain in Ranger history, the fifth youngest captain in Ranger history in December of 2011. Unfortunately, he was gone three years later. The Rangers and Callahan, they were trying to work on a long-term extension. They just couldn't quite hammer it out. The Rangers were offering six years and 36 million, and Callahan apparently wanted six years and 39 million. So a total of just a $3 million difference and a difference of only $500,000 a year. So it's kind of surprising that they couldn't meet in the middle. And that's why I think his legacy with the Rangers is a little bit muddied for Ranger fans. But that's a topic we can dive into on another episode. I don't want to spend all day on that. But the dispute resulted in Callahan being traded to Tampa along with a first-round pick, a second-round pick, which would later become a first-round pick, and a seventh-round pick in exchange for Marty St. Louis and a second-round pick. So it was kind of exciting to have a living legend like Marty St. Louis join your team, and he did a great job for the Rangers in the playoffs that year en route to the team making the Stanley Cup Finals. But it was surprising to a lot of Ranger fans that the Rangers and Callahan couldn't get a deal done. And the funny thing is, when that season ended, Callahan ended up signing a six-year deal worth an average annual value of $5.8 million with the Lightning, which is less than what the Rangers were offering him. And he also obviously missed out on the Rangers' trip to the Stanley Cup Finals that year as well. So again, it didn't end all that great between the Rangers and Callahan, but you got to respect the grit, the hustle, and the fact that he clearly outperformed uh, his draft status. Again, he went in the fourth round, number 127 overall. Okay, number two, the silver medalist. It's going to be Derek Stepan, who the Rangers took in the second round, number 51 overall back in 2008. I will be honest, guys, when I was originally getting this idea and thinking about who was going to be on this list and where I was going to rank everybody, I did not think that I was going to have Stepan this high. You know, I figured he would at least make the cut and be somewhere in the top 10, you know, maybe somewhere in the six or seven range. But man, this guy was just a rock solid player for the New York Rangers. Just a model of consistency. Spent seven years with the team. Uh, was he ever that guy that was going to completely carry your team offensively? Probably not. 
But for his last four seasons with the Rangers, he had between 53 and 57 points every single season. So you knew exactly what you were getting with Derek Stepan. And I can't think of Stepan. I don't know about you guys, but anytime I hear the name, I immediately think about his game-winning goal in overtime in Game 7 of the second round of the playoffs against the Washington Capitals. Obviously, that goal sent them on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the rebound went right to him. He didn't hesitate. Snaps a quick wrist shot over the shoulder of Braden Holpe and sends the Rangers on their way. Just an awesome moment. He was so happy. I can just remember him jumping up and down in the corner and getting mobbed by his teammates. Uh, just a fantastic moment in Ranger history. There's really no other way to put it. He's just somebody who was always there. You know, he was a top six forward every year that the Rangers were in the playoffs and making deep playoff runs in the AV era. And 739 career NHL games with the Rangers and Coyotes. He has 167 goals and 312 assists for a total of 479 career points. And then in 106 playoff games, another 20 goals, another 34 assists. And when the Rangers went to the finals in 2014, he skated in 24 games during that run, five goals and 10 assists at that time. Now, he has tailed off a little bit these past couple seasons with the Coyotes. He was very good his first season there, 56 points in 82 games, but just 35 points the following year and only 28 points this past year. He's only 30. Maybe he's slowing down a little bit, although he has become an alternate captain there. So obviously a very well-liked, very respected player in Arizona. Uh, I do miss Stepan. He was part of the trade that sent him and Antti Ranta to the Coyotes in exchange for Tony D'Angelo in a first-round pick. That first-round pick was used on Leas Anderson. The book's still out on Leas Anderson. Hopefully, uh, you know, he eventually goes on to become a good player with the Rangers. But man, Derek Stepan, just solid as a rock for so many years with this New York Ranger team. Again, I didn't think he would be this high, number two on the countdown. But, you know, you go back and you look at everything he did, this is right where he belongs. And number one, the best pick by the Rangers of the last 20 years. This took me about half a second to determine who would go here. It's Henrik Lundqvist. He was taken in the seventh round in 2000, number 205 overall. I don't even know where to start when talking about Henrik Lundqvist. I can just list his accolades real quick here. Uh, NHL All-Rookie Team in 2006. Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award winner in 2006 and 2018. A nine-time New York Ranger MVP. A five-time All-Star. The 2012 Vesna winner. A five-time Vesna nominee. Also has been nominated for the Hart Memorial Trophy, the Ted Lindsay Award, and the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. An Olympic gold medalist back in 2006 with Sweden and a member of the NHL's all-decade second team for the 2010s. But beyond all the hardware, I mean, did you watch this guy play hockey over the past 15 years? One of the best to ever do it, a Ranger legend. If you want his career stats, 887 games, all of them obviously with the Rangers, and a record of 459 310 and 96, a 243 goals against average, a 918 save percentage. He has played in 130 career Stanley Cup playoff games, which is just unreal. It's basically an extra season and a half worth of playoff games. He has gone 61 and 67 in the postseason with a 230 goals against average and a 921 save percentage. He had a goals against average of 248 or lower in all of his first 11 seasons in the league. And I think for me, one of his crowning achievements is just leading the Rangers out of back-to-back three-to-one playoff deficits in consecutive seasons. First, it was against the Penguins in 2014. The second was against the Capitals in 2015. And neither of those comebacks happened without Henrik Lundqvist in the net. He was just absolutely fantastic. If you don't believe me, go back and watch highlights of those games because the guy was just unreal. Absolutely stood on his head and led the Ranger comeback. And listen, we're not sure if we're ever going to see Henrik Lundqvist play for the Rangers again. But if this is the end of the road, the guy has had an absolutely remarkable career and it's been a class act all the way. And I can't emphasize this enough. Again, guys, a seventh round draft pick. 
You talk about someone who just smashes all expectations and just comes out of nowhere to go down as one of the all-time greats and a shoe-in Hall of Famer. Something else to chew on here, and I'll give you guys a couple of seconds to think about the answer to this question, but, okay, Lundqvist, as we just said, seventh-round pick in 2000. How many goalies were selected in front of Henrik Lundqvist this year? I'll give you a second. Get a number in your head. Are you ready? 21 goalies were chosen in front of Henrik Lundqvist. And listen, obviously Lundqvist was never a big prospect being taken in the seventh round, but here's something else to consider as far as his ranking on this list is concerned. Let's say Henrik Lundqvist was a huge prospect, and he was certain to be taken at or near the top of the draft in 2000. And the Rangers had the first pick, and they chose Henrik Lundqvist. Lundqvist would still be number one on this countdown because that's how good he's been ever since he's been a Ranger. He's been fantastic. He's been one of the all-time greats. The fact that the Rangers chose him in not the first, not the second, not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth, not the sixth, but the seventh round of the draft, that just launches him into the stratosphere. There's no competition whatsoever for the top spot on this list. A seventh rounder, and he goes on to become a legend. I don't really think anything else needs to be said. It's Henrik freaking Lundqvist, the best pick that the Rangers have made in the past 20 seasons. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much for being a part of this journey, these 200 episodes here. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.